Welcome to the AP Podcast. Today we have Stephen Campola with us today. How's it going, Stephen? What's up, Austin? How you doing, man? Good, good, good. I'm super excited to get Stephen on the podcast today uh, because I know a lot of you guys listening to my stuff or have seen my content, either I like to uh, go into the body type uh, kind of nutrition style of things to kind of fit you know, certain body types, and um, I want to get his approach on it today. I want to, you know, introduce him and have him tell his backstory uh, and give some value because I think that um, what he's about to tell you guys is going to be super, super important based on where you're starting and um, giving you some practical insights of how to go about your fitness goals. So first off, Steven, you know, introduce yourself. What are you about, man? Where are you from? Yeah, what's up, guys? So my name is Steven Campolo. I am from Naples, Florida. Originally, I'm from New York, but I've been in Florida for about 15 years now. Um, formerly very overweight. I'm 30 years old now, but you know, my childhood and early adult life, I was considered obese by by my doctor. So, uh, you know, I uh, struggling with my weight has been something that kind of led me on this journey to a you know better lifestyle and healthier lifestyle and helping other people in the process. So. Here I am many years later, but it's been a fun journey. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. No, yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about um, your overweight and how did that first step happen to get inspired to lose the weight for one and then also transform and pursue this fitness career that you're doing now? You said that you told me earlier, you know, it's been a year now since you switched to all online. You were training probably before that, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some big things have happened over the last five years, I'm guessing, and um, kind of run us through how everything kind of ended up as well. Yeah, man. So, you know, try to keep keep it uh, short and sweet. But, you know, I, I grew up pretty, pretty overweight. You know, I just loved food. I, I grew up in an Italian house. So food oh. is like the staple of everything we do, right? Like Sunday oh. dinners with the family and food is just something for pleasure and to be enjoyed. But like everything, if you take it to the extreme, it could be a bad thing. So, um, you know, uh, pre-puberty days, I just loved to eat. I didn't, wasn't really thinking about girls at the moment. So food was kind of my comfort. But, you know, as, as we get older, we want to attract the opposite sex. We go through puberty, hormones start to shift. And I knew I had to do something about my weight because all my buddies were, you know, getting dates. And here I was not having any girls look at me. So, that kind of led me on my journey to, you know, make a change, start, start working out or, or what I actually started to do was just started to run. So I would run, you know, every single night I would eat chicken and broccoli because I thought that's what you had to do to get in shape. And I lost a bunch of weight, kind of got this like skinny fat physique going on. So that's what led me to start working out because I went from a, you know, really fat kid to now like a skinny fat kid. So I was still super like ashamed to take my shirt off. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started going to the gym and that really like led me on a, you know, on a journey from buying the magazines, to trying to figure out what diet is best, how much protein I need, what kind of workouts I could be doing. Obviously everyone at the gym wants to give you advice on what you should be doing when they have no idea what they're doing themselves. So honestly, it, it's just been a, a 15 year um, process of trial and error. And I feel like these past few years, I've learned more about, you know, nutrition and hormonal responses and metabolic types and weight training. I've learned more in these past two years than I have, you know, over the past 15 years of, of me kind of being involved in health and fitness. So 
Um, you know, graduated college in 2010 with my business degree, went into the corporate world, decided I hated it. And, you know, again, I've, I've always loved health and fitness. So I took a personal training job at a, at a private country club where I live, started training people. And I just kind of wanted to grow it and scale it because when you're training people in person all the time, you just can't scale it. So I wanted to make more money with it. And it seemed like everyone was going online. I didn't think I could do it because the industry was so saturated with online trainers and every other person on Instagram is an online trainer. So I kind of talked myself out of it for a while, but one day I just woke up and said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for it. You know, no one has my personality. No one has my knowledge base. No one has what I have. So I'm going to give it a shot. So a year ago this week, um, I decided to take my business online and it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I wish I would have started, you know, when I was like 20 years old in college, but better late than never. Right. So yeah. here we are today. Nice. No. Yeah. I, that is, that's a great backstory. Honestly, I want to like take out a couple things from that. First off, I think that a lot of people like why you've grown so much and so relatable to a lot of people because that chicken and broccoli and, you know, like the bro foods to lose a bunch of weight, to start doing cardio. A lot of people start to do that stuff. And whether they're doing binge cycles like yo-yo stuff with that where they actually lose it all, but they look skinny fat and you're still – the main thing at the end of the day wasn't like necessarily all the weight loss, but it was the confidence that came with the weight loss, right? And yeah. the muscle and some of that. So transitioning into, you know, weight training you, sounds like you did. Um, and a lot of people, I want to like – just say it because it's so important to not just think that um, through media or like certain stuff, but cardio is the way cardio, 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 eat less chicken, broccoli. It's just not how it is. And we're going to dive into that a little more of like your approach to that kind of stuff and how you tell people to change their viewpoint. Cause when I'm dealing with clients, the number one thing that me and you are probably um, transforming isn't necessarily, you know, we're giving them the tools obviously, but it's usually starting with the mindset of how the process really takes place. Um, and, and a second thing I kind of want to hit on, I think that was super cool because I've been in the online space for a little longer, probably not has grown as much as you. Um, cause I started buying back in college and I pretty much just like, you know, started making content and helping people and just trying to do like a side hustle until one day, um, it was either like, I was usually a mechanical engineer. I originally was a, an engineering student. So I was like yeah. you know, constantly just going crazy with it, math, science, blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't keep up with the referral system that I was getting and then all the schoolwork. So I had to make a decision. Um, and I chose to chase the passion uh, because I had the same mindset that you did prior. I was like, I don't think I could do it. Like, how could I make, you know, any sort of money close to an engineer doing this online coaching? Like, what? Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, best decision of my life. I wish I would have done it sooner because you can make as much, you can make more, way more, you know, following your passion and doing it correctly and growing um, and being happy with the career. So I guess just a couple things, like I said, the approach to clients and then also people are trying to pursue whatever they're thinking they're doubting themselves. At the end of the day, you're not going to give, if you're not going to give yourself an opportunity, you're not going to succeed in the first place. You might as well just not try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so true. So true. But, but yeah, so I guess you know, transitioning, um, metabolic, you said, type and different body types is kind of what I want to go into with you and kind of run me through and our listeners and stuff like that. How many types, how many uh, classifications do you go into for your body types? Yeah, so, so let, me, let me backtrack a little bit because 
you know, I, I like to explain to people how I even got into like, you know, why body types matter, why, why your metabolism matters. Right. Um, so I didn't mention before, but when I was 17 years old, after I had been training for a little while, I actually got linked up with a professional bodybuilder. And at this point, like I was just obsessed with, you know, bodybuilding and the whole lifestyle. I was working part-time at Gold's Gym in high school. I just loved it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, this, this pro bodybuilder was, you know, he was training me, he was putting me on this bodybuilding diet, eat six meals a day. And I didn't really know anything else. I didn't know any better. Right. So I was just kind of listening to what he said. And, uh, one thing I was finding is that I just didn't do well on like higher carb diets. I just wasn't really like dropping weight and other people. And I had friends that were competing as well. And they would be eating like 500 grams of carbs a day and they would be getting shredded. And here I was having like a hundred, you know, like 200 grams of carbs a day. And like, I was still holding like on, onto fat. I, I, I wasn't getting that like lean, you know, uh, ripped look that, that they were getting. So I'm like, all right, something either hormonally or metabolically, like something is wrong. So this kind of led me on that journey to figure out, okay, you know, everyone shouldn't be following the same exact diet. You know, hormonally, we're all different. And a lot of people and a lot of fitness coaches, you want to argue with me that, well, it's all about calories in, calories out. Like it's all about thermodynamics. That's all that matters. It's like, no, that's such a small piece of the equation when it comes to losing weight and, you know, gaining muscle. Is it an important piece? Yeah, of course. Like we should definitely watch our calories. We should definitely monitor our, our macronutrients and, and micronutrients, but it's a small piece. You know, you, you have to know hormonally how your body responds. For instance, like if you're more insulin resistant, then typically, you know, you feel more bloated after having like a higher carb meal, you feel sluggish, you feel lethargic. And a lot of people already know this. Like as soon as I start telling them this and explaining it to them, like, yeah, like that's me. Like I, I get it because I can't lose weight you know, on this type of diet, but you know, my friends could lose weight eating almost anything. So people have to realize that they're not built the same way as their friends are. And you can't do what other people do to get results just because, you know, Johnny over there got, got ripped by following a, you know, if it fits your macro style diet, doesn't mean you should be following that style diet. Right. So I think people just have to be uh, more open to the fact that, you know, we are all different. We all have different hormonal responses to, to certain foods and certain macronutrients. And this is, has really been the foundation of, um, you know, my, my theory and my programs as well. So there are three body types, endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph, right? So I'm an endomorph. Endomorph is typically slow metabolism. You know, we hold on to fat a lot easier uh, than the other two body types. We don't do great on, on higher carb diets. We're more insulin resistant. So, you know, those body types usually feel like they're doomed. They're doomed to be fat forever, but that's not the case. Once you, once you identify your body type, you're, it's, it's actually quite easy to make adjustments and know when to eat certain foods and at what times and the style of training to really work with your body type. So that's the endomorph. The ectomorph is typically considered the hard gainer, you know, the, the, the lanky, guy that can eat 5,000 calories a day and not put on weight. Their metabolisms are, you know, very fast. They're, they're very insulin sensitive. So they could have a ton of carbs without, without getting fat. So those body types are, I think they're lucky. They think they're cursed because they can't put on muscle as easier as, you know, an endomorph or, or a mesomorph. Now a mesomorph is kind of like your genetically superior body type, you know, muscular, 
pretty fast metabolism. They could kind of eat whatever they want as well and stay lean. And they just look more or less like a bodybuilder all the time. You know, they don't have to try as hard in the gym. They, they're the type that kind of stares at weights and they put on muscle. So yeah, those are the, those are the ones that we all hate because it, they make you look easy. But if you've been in the fitness game for a while, you know, it's anything but easy. So yeah, those are the, um, the three, the three body and metabolic types. Yeah, no. And that's, that's awesome. Um, that you're bringing all this up and kind of giving descriptions and stuff like that. Cause people will start relating. I like that you obviously do that. Cause it is usually that aha moment. Um, and that's where, like we talked about earlier before we got on here about people that are against it and saying it is just purely thermodynamics, which I understand that the, if thermo, there's more than the thermodynamics, cause I've actually taken thermodynamics. Um, there's more to it that it doesn't just mean like, energy in energy out but there's other things other variables that are going into play um but if those hormonal variables are controlled then yeah obviously it's just like a, a car but it's not like that right. um right. but um but yeah i like the three body types i go into a lot of that with my viewers i actually have the same beliefs as you um i kind of mix both of them together because you know how i um like structure programming stuff yeah endomorph slower metabolism i go a little more on their lean body mass and try to really figure out their calorie intake and then you know figure out ratios for their for their protein carbs and fats based on you know when they're training their insulin sensitivity like there's different there's a spectrum like there's three main you know categories that we see uh usually and, and do you usually um go through like a questionnaire process or do you uh do you make that decision by having them go through like a week of diet, like a week of what they already eat, you go by how they look, like their their waist to shoulder ratio, or you know, um, you know, th just different variables like that. How do you determine? Um, usually, with people, you can do like you said the digestion stuff like that. But what are like all the variables of how you would figure that out? Yeah. So for me, and I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but if you've been in this for you know any amount of time, I feel like it's more intuitive than anything. I mean. I, I could talk to someone for five minutes, actually like one minute and just know right away, you know, why they haven't gotten the results they want. You know, I, I usually want a brief history of, you know, how they've been eating, what kind of training they've been doing. And I mean, really, once you, once you ask them a few basic questions, like you, you, you really know exactly what the issue is, or you know, what changes need to be made right off the bat for them to start getting results. Like, that that same day so um yeah it's it you know it it really doesn't take long to to look at someone and say okay like you were doing this you need to be doing this to get to where you want to be so yeah it's you know for me it's more more intuitive but i mean again if you've been in in the coaching space for a while you get to know your you know different clients you get to know um, similar patterns between body types and between people to where it's not like every single person is, you know, something you, you've never seen or, 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 or dealt with this before, because a lot of us struggle with the same exact things. Like most people struggle with the same, the same uh, eating issues with the same training issues. So once we identify those and put them on the right course and give them a plan of action, like things typically start to take care of themselves and, and, and change happens pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. No, I'd agree, and, and it kind of goes back to um, the route that me and you were trying to give people. Usually, it's just a mental shift because they're already trying, 
and maybe they'll get discouraged. Maybe it wasn't, you know, trying the right thing for them. And so I would have to say that a lot of my coaching, just like you just said, is, is really intuitive um, because there's curveballs all the time. You know what I mean? And everybody's body is different. You have general structures, but I'd say that somebody might have a digestive problem. problem. Somebody might have an insulin resistance problem. Somebody might have like a hard gainer problem. Like obviously we're going through all this stuff, but I'd, I'd say that um, it's very intuitive and to really, I guess, how would you, would you have them go to somebody like you and to go through, do you go through like a process to figure that out or do you um, like, how do I explain this? You know, with their training and their nutrition, stuff like that, they're already doing something. They come to you and then you tell them like what foods uh, would you recommend an endomorph rather than a ectomorph? Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so typically when someone comes to me again, I want to know exactly what they've been eating. Right. Because I mean, so, so like you brought up that digestion, like digestion is such a huge part of, you know, getting in shape, getting healthy, but most people just, again, we're so like stuck on the thought of just tracking calories and tracking macros that we kind of negate all the other important pieces that make us as humans, like feel good. Like we, we forget about fiber intake. We kind of forget about like the micronutrients that our bodies need to function and, and, and feel good. We're, we're so concerned about, well, as long as I hit my macros, but what if those macros aren't made up of like necessarily healthy foods, you know? Um, what if you're eating mostly processed foods, but you're hitting your macros. So that's all that matters. Right. So, once we, again, once we identify what that person has been doing, um, then I can make adjustments and say, okay, you know what? You haven't really been having that much fiber. That's why you probably feel bloated, but that's why you haven't been, you know, going to the bathroom as often as you should be to get rid of all that excess waste that you have built up in your colon. So there are things like that as well that I feel like a lot of online trainers don't really um, observe because it's not easy, right? Like it's, 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 it's not just giving someone a calorie program and a training program and saying, all right, here you go. You really have to know, you know, um, kind of like what, what they've been doing up until that point and why they've been feeling like crap or why they haven't been getting the results. So like for an endomorph, you know, typically, um, you want to have like higher carbs after your workout. You don't really want to have now I'm a big advocate of intermittent fasting. Not all of my clients intermittent fast, but most of them do because I believe in it. And I, hormonally, I think it's, it's an amazing tool for fat loss, especially for endomorphs. Um, for that, for, for the reason being like when, when we first wake up in the morning, cortisol is, is, is elevated, right? So for an endomorph with slower metabolism, if you wake up and have like a big carb rich meal right away, you're pretty much setting your, setting your body up for, for fat storage mode before you even start the day. So, um, Again, you know, that's, that's just one thing. And then, you know, you want to make sure post-workout, you want to have a higher carb meal to help replenish muscle glycogen. There are strategic times when you do want to increase your insulin. Again, post-workout where your, your body's going to be able to absorb all of those, those nutrients, um, all of those carbs very, very efficiently and limiting storage to your fat cells. So now in ectomorph, for example, you can get away with, you know, having a bigger breakfast in the morning and eating more frequently, maybe eating every two to three hours, you know, to stimulate, um, you know, just, just growth and recovery. Um, because ectomorphs go like they, they just cycle through carbs so efficiently. They, they just go through calories so efficiently. So, however, like 
With an ectomorph, you want to keep the training volume a little lower because their metabolism is already so high. If you put them on a high volume training program, then they're going to end up burning more muscle, right? So even though maybe they're eating more food, they might be kind of counteracting each other with more training. So actually for ectomorphs, you want to keep training to a bare minimum, you know, enough to stimulate protein uh, synthesis, enough to stimulate muscle growth, but not overdoing it and overtraining because again, ectomorphs can, can burn muscle pretty, pretty quickly. So um, it sounds a little more complex. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little easier than that, but you know, again, th these are kind of just basic principles that, you know, if, if people follow, they, they, they'll start getting results almost immediately. So no, I completely agree. And what you're, what Steven's talking about is like nutrient timing based on that body type that he's talking about. Um, and I, uh, want to preface, I like that you actually take into account their training volume based on their body type too, not just their nutrition, because, um, obviously like carbs are going to be call it muscle sparing, right. Or whatever, glycogen rather than the amino acids or, or protein or, or muscles for energy or whatever. Right. But, um, but yeah, like to stimulate muscle uh, growth doesn't take an ectomorph to like just destroy himself for two hours. It's like not how it works, right? There's a whole process, a damage response, and then recovery, and then building the next time, whatever. Um, but but yeah, I'd say that um, what I like to do is like take those body types and then have certain like percentages or majority of the carbohydrates, uh, nutrient timing parts of the day, meaning like an endomorph, like you're saying. Um, might be in the realm of structuring 60 to almost 80% of the carbohydrates around their training or during their training. I'm a big advocate of intro workout. I don't know if you are, but I'm like a huge uh, intro yeah. carbohydrate guy, especially for endos. But, um, but then, uh, you know, limiting it to other parts of the day because we're not needing the energy as much through the carbohydrates and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like it's, 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 it's really simple once you truly just understand like and, and, and really think on just very practical and logical terms like okay when does your car need fuel when you're going to drive it when does your car not need fuel when it's sitting in the driveway and this is what i try to explain to people it's like listen on your training days have your carbohydrates around your training times again if you're an endomorph try to have those carbs post-workout so your body's going to utilize those carbs for Again, um, stimulating protein synthesis for recovery, for re replenishing muscle glycogen. Um, but on the days where you're not training or just doing like light, light cardio or maybe, you know, abs and light cardio, bring your carbohydrates down and just increase your healthy fats. That's, it, 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 it's honestly as simple as that. So once you have your calories that you should be consuming, once you have the macros that you should be, you know, aiming for, all you have to do is just say, okay, I'm going to have carbs after my workout. And then on my rest day, I'm just not going to have complex carbs. I'm going to have, I'm going to enjoy more healthier fats, you know, avocados, mixed nuts, oils, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Right. So again, it's, 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 it's very practical information. Like when you really look at it, it's not complex at all. The human body is very complex. And I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate things because, you know, the, the less educated, the consumer is or the client is the easier it is for them to say okay well i i guess i need you to you know do this for me because i have no idea so um but you know people are very smart and 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 once you explain it to them in a practical way most people get it it's not it's not complex so mm -hmm. yeah no i agree it's usually just um 
a lot of times like media stuff or, or like articles will use big words and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not as complicated as we really think. If we just think about it logically, like you said, yeah. um, but you did bring up, you know, increasing um, healthy fats or like dropping carbs on like off days, stuff like that. I want to ask you, that's a thing that I don't know if a lot of coaches take into account. And I want to ask you if you do about the types of fats based on the body types itself. Because what I really look for too is, you know, when you say digestion, but I really look for inflammation as well, especially yeah. with endomorph. Yeah. So kind of go into kind of go into how you strategize that stuff and how you structure it with certain fats. What you kind of use? Yeah. So I try to keep fats pretty simple. Again, like I look at the fats I enjoy eating, and most people are you know the same as me. So like I eat you know two avocados a day. I'm big on almonds. I love almonds. Uh, you know, olive oil eggs i you know it's like some days i'll eat i'll eat 10 eggs just because it's it's such a good for uh source of um you know fatty acids so uh, one thing you have to try to communicate to people when a lot of people hear the word fat and having a lot of fats they think they're going to get fat but you know on on yeah like unfortunately it's just a misconception right so um but going back to like inflammation so people who are on you know uh higher carbohydrate higher carbohydrate diets and who eat more, more processed foods typically have more inflammation. So, um, you know, that's why mitigating that inflammation with a, a higher fat diet and doing a more carb cycling, uh, type type style diet might be beneficial if you do suffer with inflammation. Now, not everyone suffers with that. Some, some, some guys don't, I do. So that's why I have to be a lot smarter with my supplementation, you know, taking fish oil. That's what I was going to ask you is, is the omega-3s and the fish oil or whatever kind of a, how you implement a higher omega-3 for that anti-inflammatory effect. Yeah. So, so I'll do like, you know, two servings of, of fish oil every day. So I, you know, I take my fish oil in the morning and at night, um, just, just, just to help with, with recovery and just to help with it, with inflammation. Cause again, every time we go to the gym, we're inflaming our bodies, right? I mean, we're, we're ripping apart muscle. We're creating micro tears in the muscle. So the way we grow muscle and build muscle is by our, our, our bodies repairing. And in that process, the body causes inflammation because it senses that there's an injury in the muscle and, you know, we hold water and uh, we become inflamed. So, you know, knowing how to uh, supplement properly and have a proper diet is critical. And that's why a lot of people that just are, are just more concerned about hitting their macros, but not really understanding what certain foods are doing to your body in terms of inflammation um, can be an issue. Like, you know, for example, when most people go on a, on a, on a more ketogenic based style diet, their inflammation typically goes down because um, of, of the reduction in carbohydrate intake. And, you know, higher fat diets produce more lubrication for the joints, more lubrication for the tendons. So again, you know, that's why, like, when you when when I talk to clients, I want to know exactly, you know, how they're feeling, not just what their goals are, but I want to know, like, how their body actually feels, because there are ways to help them feel better. There are ways to mitigate, you know, pain and, um, you know, and and feeling like crap. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have a have a eight pack, right? If you feel like crap, then 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 what's the point? Like, you want to look good, you want to look healthy, you want to look fit, but you want to feel good. Like, it, this is a lifestyle. It's not just about getting ready for a you know, for a bodybuilding show and just looking great for a day. Like this is something that you want to 
live out. You want to stay healthy. You want to stay lean, you know, but feeling good, I think is something that's often left out when it comes to, you know, proper diet and proper supplementation. Yeah, no, I, I agree that um, not a lot of people think about those individual roles with the supplementation a lot too, um, as well as nutrition. But I, I do want to go into, because we've been going a little harder on the endo, um, flipping switches to the ectomorph, more of the hard gainers. Usually it's going to be people that either start out skinny fat or I've actually seen people just through maybe high cortisol environments, like high stress or whatever, they'll actually put on body fat, but their limbs are still skinny. So they yeah. got a like beard gut, kind of like a belly, you know, yeah. um, but they're like tiny. And so um, kind of taking it in a point of maybe getting in the calories that they need, you know, sticking to a, I like to stick to a, like a higher carbohydrate, um, simpler carbohydrate diet to keep yeah. the, the, you know, the hunger hormone stimulating and the digestion just rolling over and over again because there's not yeah. a lot of fat have to slow it down. But tell us, do you like to implement any sort of powders or do you like to stick to majority just foods for the body type or the depend? Yeah, so I always think that whole foods are going to be optimal for just general health. I think anything synthetic is always going to be um, secondhand. So, you know, for instance, if you're able to make food at home and bring it with you, or if you're able to make, you know, make your food at home, if you work from home or something, you're, you're, you're always going to be better off eating regular food. With that being said, I still do, you know, like an ISO protein when I'm on the go, or if I don't have, you know, access to food, I might grab a, you know, like a quest bar or two. Um, again, it, is it optimal? No, not really. But you know, I mean, if if you have it readily available and it's your only option, then sometimes you just gotta. Well, yeah, yeah. And why do you? you do. I'll ask you a little deeper. Like, how? What is your like opinion or theory on like why it's not as optimal as maybe like eating a chicken breast or turkey or all that stuff? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so foods like that. So, like, like let's just say protein bars, for example. There's just a lot of preservatives. There's a lot of processed crap that you know, like artificial sweeteners. I mean. Today, most protein bars taste like a candy bar, and they're actually like quite addicting. Like, I love Quest bars. I mean, I'll I'll eat three or four Quest bars at a time just because they're so freaking good. But um, you know, I know that it's not optimal. I know there's a lot of preservatives. I know there's a lot of extra crap that probably isn't even on the label that they get away with because the FDA doesn't really regulate the supplementation industry as closely as as we think. So. That's why I'm always more of an advocate for whole foods. But again, you know, here and there, if I'm on the run, if I am starving and I can't make it home to make a meal, then, you know, I'll, I'll try to be smart about it. And instead of grabbing fast food, you know, I'll, I'll go with the, go with like a protein bar or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like implement a lot of, I guess, bars because yeah, the bars seem like there's just loaded, there's like there might still be a lot of carbs from sugar or they'll take that, try to take it out and they'll have a lot of artificial stuff in there. Um, but what I use, um, and I agree with you a hundred percent on using whole food. Um, and I actually like with ectomorphs, uh, I don't know about you, but I use a lot of, um, kid cereal. <laughs> yeah. I use a lot of rice based cereal and simpler stuff, especially around training, obviously yeah. it's tough just to like get in, the calories lower in fat so they keep eating and keep eating. But I will use like um, more of, if I, you haven't used any supplementation, is to try and get that hydrolyzed way 
or yeah. something because you can get now i think uh you can get stuff that is you know doesn't have the artificial stuff in it it's sweetened by stevia or you know it's very low in the the fillers and stuff like that because it's a little it's a little more expensive obviously but um you know if you can uh but yeah and uh, i didn't know because you can like compare the two things that i would compare to is like egg whites you know or like protein powder because they're kind of equivalent like with the protein per per serving stuff or whatever but um obviously i'd go with the egg whites if you can but um for people on the go would you say that um try what would be the best supplement if they were super busy like that if, if that makes sense yeah so if like for today you know i knew i was going to have a crazy morning and i wasn't sure when i was going to be able to eat and I knew I was going to be hungry mid-morning, right? So I just put a scoop of like my ISO uh, protein in, in a little Ziploc bag. I took it with me and, you know, an apple. And like for me, you know, it, again, is, is, is the protein like, you know, powder the best thing in the world? You know, no. Like I would rather, you know, have, have a, a chicken breast or, you know, like a piece of steak or something. But, you know, it, 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 it served its purpose, right? So I, I, I got my protein, um, you know, my apple is a, is a quick, uh, digesting carb. Like it's, it's, it's good. It's clean. There's no preservative. There's no crap. So, you know, for me, like on the run, I think that's ideal, you know, uh, scoop of protein powder and, a you know, and, and in some type of fruit an orange, apple, banana, like what, whatever it is, I, you know, again, just keep it simple like that. You don't have to get too complex with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, uh, with that. Um, it's a, Try and stay with the wholesome stuff. Obviously, you get a lot more micros and stuff, obviously. Um, but, and just for like people listening, we're going through endos and, and ectos, and obviously there's still a meso in between, but the reason why we're kind of sticking to these two is because it's the end of the spectrum. Yes. And with the mesos, it's like pretty much whatever way you want to go, and kind of more of like an in-between. And so whatever we're saying, kind of like think about it in-between is what I like to say. Because uh, you guys, you guys will be able to get results a lot. Uh, not saying you don't have to put in the hard work, but you'll be able to have the opportunity to gain the results with a little bit more leeway with your stuff. Um, sure. But um, just kind of going through a couple more things here. I know that I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, training. So I like that you actually specialize your training stuff, volume or periodization or whatever you do around the body type as well. Kind of lead us through different types of blocks or how you kind of structure an endomorph from a, an ectomorph. Yeah. So again, you know, with endomorphs, typically structuring the workouts in a way that you want to mobilize as much fat and oxidize as much fat as possible while building muscle. Right. So, you know, I don't really structure my training as far as for strength. I structure my training for more, as, more of like a metabolic resistance training, which means, you're in the gym for, you know, 30, 45 minutes tops, but you're constantly moving. So it's almost like a, a, a hit training workout with weights for 45 minutes. So a lot of supersetting, a lot of drop setting, you know, minimal rest between exercises, minimal rest. Um, you know, the, really the only rest you're getting should be from moving from one machine to the next or, 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 or one exercise to the next. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you see it every day, right? You go into the gym and, you know, guys just on their phone, they're, you know, changing music and little do they know they've spent, you know, probably uh, 80% of their workout just like on their phone, right? And very little time actually doing work. So my whole philosophy is, you know, get in the gym, get the hell out, don't spend two hours at the gym, but make that, that 
short amount of time as intense and as efficient as possible. So yeah. training in that way, you're going to burn the most fat. Your heart rate is going to be extremely elevated. Um, you know, your, your shirt should be absolutely soaked when you're done. You're going to have an awesome pump because, you know, you've, you've just broken down a ton of muscle um, in that short period of time and you've accomplished the goal, you know, so that's, that's, that's my, that's my philosophy. I've been training that way for years and years and years, and I've been able to build muscle, maintain muscle and stay, you know, very, very lean while doing it. So, you know, but again, for ectomorphs, for example, if your goal is to get as big as possible and put on as much weight as possible, you can definitely utilize that same, same style of training. Um, or you can go more of like a training for strength type way to where, you know, you're taking more rest periods in between sets, which is going to allow you to push more weight each and every set. Yeah. So I think people just need to realize what exactly their goal is. You, you can get benefits from each, each style of training, but you know, one, one is more effective for, for a specific body type than the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. I like the different spectrum there for um, an endo versus an ecto. I think that um, not a lot of people think about that. Obviously, and coaches don't even really think about that with, like you said earlier, the total volume, um, the types, the rest time, you know, and, and maybe you're more of a, this is like more of like a muscle endurance rep range if you're talking about like, you know, CSCS kind of whatever their guidelines, but more of like an upper rep range, I'm guessing, maybe eight to 15 to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that stuff for the drop set. I like to do giant sets. So, yeah, totally like a circuit kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I'm totally into that stuff. And then, um, yeah, depending on what your goals are, though, right? Like, that's a big thing. Obviously, if you're a strong man and you are a big husky guy, you don't really care about you know, the body fat, a lot of those strong guys have big guts. They're just like a freaking brick wall and you know, they yeah. got a certain weight class, but that's it. Yeah. So, so, so what I always like try to like talk to people about, it's like, you know, well, I want to get stronger. I want to get stronger. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you could bench 500 pounds, but you look like crap, like then, then what does it matter? I mean, I've never gone to the beach before and had a girl come up to me and say, you know, well, like you look like crap, but how much do you bench, right? Like people don't care how strong you are. And at the end of the day, like unless you're competing in powerlifting or unless, you know, like you're a UFC fighter or unless it really serves a purpose, why do you need to squat 500 pounds anyway? I mean, you could build just as much muscle, you know, squatting 200 pounds if, if, if you know how to do it. And like people look at me and I look a lot, you know, um, like I'm, I'm a pretty muscular guy, but when I worked out, like I have two metal plates in my left arm from a wrestling accident in high school. So I physically can't lift that much weight. Like the most I'll ever bench is 185. The most I squat is typically, you know, maybe 225 if I'm feeling strong because I have knee pain. So I've really had to, you know, learn how to work around my injuries. But with that being said, I've still been able to build a lot of muscle and maintain a lot of muscle, you know, without pushing these crazy amounts of weights or you know, by doing these progressive overload style training uh, methods that a lot of people out there are preaching. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to go bench press 400 pounds and that's your goal, then go for it. Mm -hmm. For me and for your everyday person that just wants to get in shape and get a six pack and look good and, you know, put some muscle on, you don't really have to train that way. So, yeah, but, no, I, I agree. And I, and I actually stuck with um, an old mentor, my old coach and stuff like that had the same philosophy really of, that higher rep range, you're just creating as much like 
more of as a hyperemia, like more blood in the muscles, just shoving it in there. And with your genetics and body type, like yeah. obviously the endomorph seems to be able to build muscle faster or like maintain yeah. on the way down. Yeah. So um, structure, like I said, again, like the, the, the training, not very many people think about that. They just are stuck to either the media or like the, the, NAS, the certifications out there saying, okay, you have strength or you have power, strength, hypertrophy, and muscle endurance. Yeah. But that's like I said about the body types with the, all the hormonal stuff we're talking about. It's the same thing with the training. It just depends, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, and, and again, like you can mix it up too, you know, like there's no, I think people just like to put things in a box, you know, you're this, so you have to train this way. You're this, so you have to eat this way. I mean, you know, you could, you could mix things up. I mix things up. I mean, I, I, you know, utilize pretty much the same training principles and the same nutrition principles, but I still mix things up from time to time. You know, again, this is like a lifestyle. It's not something that we're just doing temporarily. You want to enjoy it. You don't want to just do mundane, boring workouts. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for changing it up every now and then. But again, you know, people need to realize uh, what works best for them and what gets them results. And they need to, you know, double down on those things and uh, just continue to, to do what works, you know, don't just do it because Joey from the gym said it worked for him, you know, experiment on your own body, experiment with yourself and then continue down that path. Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's exactly, a on it in your same position of the same body type or, you know, same genetics, figure that out. Follow consistent with it. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, yeah, man, like I said, don't want to take up too much of your time. I really appreciate you, you know, being on the podcast today. I do want to, um, give you an opportunity to kind of tell, you know, viewers anything that you got going on coming up or a little bit about your coaching program, how to contact you, all that kind of stuff. Cool, man. Yeah. So um, if you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's Stephen Campolo, Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-A-M-P-O-L-O. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. That's probably the best spot. Send me a DM if you have any questions. And uh, yeah, man, over the next few months i have a lot of traveling to do so always looking to uh you know to hang out with my followers and uh you know fellow online coaches so when i'm in scottsdale i'll, I'll be able to uh, yeah, I'll, uh yeah man i'll look you up and and, and we'll uh, we'll go work out and uh, hang out but uh yeah dude it's been fun man thanks for having me i appreciate that yeah no That's problem awesome. man. so what i'll do is also in the description you know i'll put all of his information his website instagram email all that stuff so if you have any questions for him little more down the specifics of maybe this body type stuff or how he can help you definitely reach out to him. Um, but anyways, you know, like I said, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Take it easy, brother. Thank you. All right.